Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. So today we are going to be um, finishing up our series on peace, um, which has been uh, an interesting journey for me, and hopefully it's been one that's been encouraging and exciting, but also challenging for you. I very much believe that God desires not only for us to be encouraged, but also that he is constantly uh, wants more for us. Not in, an, not in a, you know, like the, the parent that we look at and say, man, that's never good enough. Like that's not what, what it means, but, but that there is, we are never going to reach perfection until the day when we are restored in our, in our heavenly bodies. But and as the scriptures teach us that as we get closer and closer to that day, that he is always making us more like Jesus, that he's refining us and shaping us and, and kind of rooting out things. And so, um, you know, everything in his word is designed to, to make us more like Jesus, to make us more perfect. And so um, every message that I teach, I always want it to be uplifting and encouraging, but also challenging so that God can speak to us to transform us. And so you'll notice that there are some practical elements to that. And so I'm encouraged, um, excited to see what God's going to do this morning. So today we're going to be talking about the Prince of Peace, and this comes out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, a very famous um, passage of scripture that is um, at least brought up during the Christmas season, Um, and it goes like this. I'm reading out of the uh, New International Version today uh, in this particular passage. I like the the phrasing of it. It says, for to us a child is born. This is a a prophecy, right, That, that they were crying out for and waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the Savior to come and save Israel, which coincidentally is also the concept of Advent, right? The idea of waiting and searching and uh, and what and, and finding God in those moments. But Isaiah nine verse six: For uh, to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. He will be called Mighty God. He will be called Everlasting Father. And finally, he will be called Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Um, You know, we sing at Christmas this song called Silent Night. Silent Night, right? And it's this song that is about the night that Jesus was born. Um, And we get some inclinations and some ideas of what the night was like. Um, in the Gospels. And so I want to read the lyrics uh, real quickly of Silent Night, and then we're going to read the story um, from Luke chapter 2 of Jesus being born. And then they're going to ask or just really explore the idea of the Prince of Peace and how it all ties together. How does this reflect back and fulfill Isaiah chapter um, Isaiah chapter 9, where it calls him the Prince of Peace? And so here are the lyrics to Silent Night. I'm not going to sing it. I won't burden you with that. Um, But it's a silent night, holy night. All is calm. All is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child. Holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night. Shepherds quake at the sight. Glories stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night. Son of God, love's pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. 
So we know, at least from the song, and we know that from the scripture we're going to read here in a minute, that there was a, a silent night. If you have ever been in the countryside uh, in, in a nighttime in the middle of the evening, it is incredibly quiet. Um, when we moved from Lawrenceville up into Stanton Heights, I was amazed at how quiet it is up here. And then you get used to the noise of, of a neighborhood and sort of the highway in the distance. But I've been to some of the countryside areas where my parents live um, in the woods, um, you know, at night. And it's incredibly quiet in the winter. It's still and silent. I can imagine what it would be like in Bethlehem the night that Jesus was born. There was no electricity. Um, it's dark, right? All you had was maybe firelight. Um, and most people were probably asleep, depending on the time of night that it was. It says it was a silent night, a peaceful night that Jesus was born. And in the stillness of the night, an incredible moment happened that would change the world forever. And this song that we read, Silent Night, is taken directly from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2 in the Bible. And I want to read that uh, passage from you for you. And we're going to talk about how Jesus is the Prince of Peace that began on this night. Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 14 and now I'm switching it up and reading out of the New Living Translation this time. So NLT, keep you guys on your toes today. Uh, if you have the app, you just push the button at the top and uh, change it to NLT. It's there for you. Luke chapter 2, verses 4 is where we're going to begin reading. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. So they were doing a census, okay? Um, and so you had to go back to where your family was from, where your lineage was from in order to be, because that's where your records were held. So he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, which is up north, okay? So um, distance-wise in our world, think of like, you know, Butler to the South Hills, okay? Something like that maybe, um, perhaps farther. I'm not quite sure in, right in this moment. But anyway, you're going from the northern area of Israel to the southern portion of Israel. Actually, in Bethlehem is in Palestine, where we know of today, okay? Um, he took his, his wife, his Mary, his fiance, who was now obviously pregnant, obviously. So she was about to pop. And while they were there, the time came for her to, for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Verse eight, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So this song, Silent Night, is talking about the Prince of Peace. This scene from Luke chapter 2 where Jesus was born in a manger and where shepherds were shocked in the middle of the night rejoicing uh, or by angels who were rejoicing. And what do the angels say 
happened, that the Savior has been born and that it would bring great joy and peace to people. And so in Isaiah chapter 9, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. What does that mean, the Prince of Peace? Well, the wording in that, the actual word Prince of Peace in Hebrew is the word Sar Shalom. Sar Shalom. And it's a combination word, okay? So the word Sar means an official in charge, uh, a commander, a chief, okay? So, um, so if you were to, to call someone Sar, that was, that was uh, understanding the authority and the command and the authority that they had over a particular element. And then the word Shalom means peace, prosperity, success, welfare, state of health, a completeness, okay? So if we translate the Prince of Peace, uh, Shalom means so much more than simply peace, right? So he's the Prince of Peace, the Sar Shalom, but Shalom is really a word that means well-being in all aspects of life, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And so when used as a greeting, someone would say, Shalom. It is more than simply, hey, have a nice day, okay? It means, may you have all that you need for your well-being come to you this day. Like, that's the idea. You're, you're, you're essentially calling upon wellness, wholeness, um, that rightness would be in the world and in your life. And so you see, what we see here for Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, is that Jesus is the official in charge of Shalom. He is the one in charge of it. The Sar Shalom is the well-being authority. If you really want Shalom, right, which means peace and welfare and completeness, then you must come to him because he is the one who is divinely ordained to give it. Like that's his role, the prince of peace, the authority, the commander in chief of peace. All that we need, all that is necessary for well-being is under his care. All that we need for a well-lived life is found in him. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father, and he is the prince of peace. And so what is the significance of Jesus being called the prince of peace? What does that mean for us here and now. We are not a society that lives of, um, of one of, 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 of um, monarchy, right? The concept of princehood doesn't mean a lot to us in America, except for the gossip columns that have to do with what's going on in England, right? And, and, and even in England, it's more of a figurehead than it is real authority, right? There are monarchies still in our world, um, that has a little bit more authority, but most of them still have even things like parliaments and dem democratic systems and things of that nature. So the idea of princehood um, doesn't mean as much to us uh, in our current society, but, but the concept of authority we understand. The concept of peace we are beginning to understand as we've learned. So if Jesus is the Sar Shalom, the authority, the commander, the one who the peace is within his command and is his realm of authority. What does it mean for us here and now that he is called that? There's an element of practical peace um, in multiple aspects that I want to briefly go through today. I think this message will be relatively short today, and I want to give us time to discuss and wrap it all together. But I think there's a practical piece that comes to us in various elements because of Jesus 
as the Prince of Peace. And the first element of practical peace is that we have peace with God because of who Jesus is. The Prince of Peace, his, his primary function for coming was because he wanted to give us peace with himself, peace with God. Up until this point that Jesus came to earth and ultimately was on the cross and then gave his life for us as a sacrifice and rose from the grave, we were considered enemies of God is what, uh, is what Romans tells us. And Romans chapter 5, verse 1 actually says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of the Prince of Peace who came and gave his life as a ransom for many, we have peace with God now. We are no longer his enemies. We are no longer um, in the firing line, if you will. We are no longer going to be judged um, by because of our sin. It has been paid for. It has been taken care of. Be before Jesus came, before the Prince of Peace came, while the people in Isaiah were waiting, every person in Bethlehem, every person in the world, any Jewish person was waiting for the Savior to come at that point. Before that time, we were separated from God by sin, considered enemies by a pure and righteous creator. But Jesus brings us peace with God because he paid for our sin. And now we can become children of God if we believe in him. That's what the Bible says. If you believe that he is the son of God and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Shalom is well-being spiritually, completeness in our soul. And so the Prince of Peace, first and foremost, brings us peace with God to where we can have peace in our soul. And I would posit that that is the most important aspect of peace for all of us, because we can have the world spinning around us, storms wrecking our lives. We can have, have struggles with fear and doubt. We can suffer from anxiety and depression and clinical things. And all of those things may never go away, but knowing that there is rightness in our spirit, rightness in our soul gives us something that is, that is, that is immortal, something that cannot be reached by the physical restraints of this world and should give us a hope beyond all other hopes that no matter what happens, even if I suffer greatly through the end of my life, and none of us want that, but if that is our lot in life, that we know that when this mortal, frail existence ends, that our spirit will remain and our bodies will be restored one day. And in perfection, that rightness in our spirit is what gives us the greatest hope of all. Shalom in our spirit, the spiritual well-being, because we have peace with God. But there is more than just that. Practical peace extends to peace in our hearts. The Prince of Peace, the Sar Shalom, gives us peace in our hearts. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. We've, we've over and over again hit this passage, right? Let's read it again from the context of the peace that we are given from the Prince of Peace. Then you will experience God's peace, it says in Philippians 4, 7, right? So if we take the first part in Romans, when we believe and we say yes to Jesus, we have rightness, we have shalom in our spirit, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand. 
His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus, as we live in Christ, as we spend time in his presence, as we give our lives over to him, as we allow him to invade in our hearts and to cast out darkness, all the things that we've been talking about. As we do that, his spirit, his peace is promised. There's a practical peace, one that transcends our struggles, one that transcends the storms we are facing even now. And as children of God, we have said over and over again, we are promised the peace of God as we live in him. So not only are we promised shalom in our spirit, the rightness with God, a completeness in our soul, we are promised shalom, well-being physically, emotionally, a completeness in our present circumstances. It is available for us, and whether or not we receive it in fullness, the kingdom of God is both here now and not yet, so the peace of God that is available for us will not always be fully realized the way we want it to be, but that doesn't mean we can't still receive peace in our mind, that we can't still receive peace in our circumstances, that sometimes God will cause the, the clouds to part briefly to bring sunlight in for the moment because we need it enough. Sometimes what we receive is just enough for that moment. Sometimes what we receive is enough for the day or for a week or for a month, or we go through seasons of peace and reprieves in our lives. But regardless, because of the Prince of Peace, we are given shalom in our present circumstances, a practical peace that we can take into our lives, into our daily moments with, uh, with everything that we have as we move with him and live in our lives with him. The Prince of Peace, the Sar Shalom, gives us peace with God, it gives us peace with our hearts. And this is what we talked about last week is that the third aspect is that it's not just for us, but that instead the peace of God and the peace in our heart is now called into responsibility to be given to others. Because as his children, he calls us into partnership. He gives us the responsibility to give peace to others. So we have peace with God, peace within, and then peace outwardly with others. This is a shalom spiritually, right? The spiritual completeness, the shalom physically, the completeness in our present circumstances, and the shalom relationally, the well-being and relationship and connection with others, the completeness in our connection to other people. James chapter 3 verse 18 says this, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. It's not an accident, right? There is action that is required for peace to be sown in the lives of those around us. Those who are peacemakers, not peace givers, right? You have to make it. It's a, it's a choice. It's a, it's, you have to say, I'm going to be a person who's going to bring peace into circumstance. I'm going to receive the peace that I've given. I'm going to tap into the peace spiritually and physically, and I'm going to make peace elsewhere. And how do I do it? By planting seeds of peace. Seeds of peace. I recognize that there are elements that are out of our control. Your job is to be the peacemaker, they're the ones who need to be the ones to receive the peace. So if you are at odds with someone, your responsibility is not to fix the situation. You can try to do what is responsible for you. But it does not necessarily mean that you are going to be successful because God has to be involved, but also the person needs to be the one to receive it. And sometimes it takes time to grow. And it depends on how deep the rift is with someone. 
It could depend on how damaged the circumstance is. It could depend upon the soil. Jesus talked about the soil that seeds are planted in. Is it good soil or is it rocky soil, you know? So when we plant the seed of peace, that means, that means repenting to that person. It means confessing to the person. It could, mean, um, it could mean asking forgiveness to the person. It could be doing kind acts to, to soften the soil. It could be apologizing. It could be um, just, you know, giving space. It could be any number of ways to plant seeds. It's praying spiritually, God, give me wisdom on how to bring peace to the situation, asking God for healing of the situation. Um, it could be building bridges to people who are uh, antagonistic, loving our enemies we're called to do. That's being a peacemaker, you know, um, uh, forgiving our enemies. I think a lot about, I think a lot about the polar uh, opposites uh, and the, the polarity that's happening in our society right now between um, uh, Republican and, and, and uh, Democratic individuals. I'm thinking about mask wearers and no mask wearers. I'm thinking about vaccinators and anti-vaccinators. And it can oftentimes feel like our nation is made up of two different people who are enemies with each other. But as Christians, we are called to be peacemakers. That means if you have a family member or you have a friend um, or a coworker who is, who is antagonistic or who is, um, you feel there is a divide between you and maybe it has gotten to a point where you're snippy with each other or it's gotten to that point, your responsibility as a Christian, as a representative of the Prince of Peace, you are an ambassador of the Prince of Peace, is to find a way to build bridges and to bring shalom into that relationship, to plant seeds of peace. And that is hard. It is difficult, but that is who we are called to be. The work of Jesus in our hearts must flow outward to those around us. We must be workers of peace, bringers of peace, peacemakers. And the peace of Christ that is work at work in our own souls and lives should now begin to overflow in our relationships. We can show others the shalom that we are receiving and invite them to it. Shalom, well-being relationally, a completeness in our connection to others. Because of the Prince of Peace, because of Jesus, the one who is the commander, the chief, the authority of peace, the one who is divinely, his realm is peace. We are given peace with God. We are given peace in our hearts. And we are called to make peace with others. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the authority of Shalom. And all who follow him are promised this peace. Would you close your eyes and pray with me as we finish off uh, this time together? <clears throat> Sar Shalom, I pray to you now. The Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. God, we have spent the last four weeks um, exploring and examining what it means to be at peace, what peace is, what it does, how to receive it, and how, what we should do with it. I thank you that you are a peace giver. I thank you that there is peace available to each one of us who call on your name in all circumstances, in, in 
in the good times and in the bad times. In every season, peace is available. It has been made available. It is purchased and it is readily there. God, I, I ask that you would call us to your presence that it would be like an irresistible force. It would be like a tractor beam grabbing us and pulling us to you that we cannot run from it. That even when some of us, myself included, are tempted to, to wallow in our own um, sadness or melancholy, as I am so often uh, prone to do, that God, you would like just, I don't know, like I give you permission and everybody on this call right now, just do the same. I give you permission to just kind of smack me out of it. Open the, the, the windows in my heart. Like just let the clouds part periodically and remind me that you are present, that you are there. And so when we face these moments of darkness or moments of fear, that we would remember who you are, that you would cast out doubt, that we would speak to our souls like David does, and that we would say, soul, remember who you are. You are a child of God. And then we would, we would just, we would strengthen that connection with you so that we would spend time focusing on the things that are going to bring us back to the light, the things that will remind us of who you are, and then we would tap into the powerful peace that is available, the peace with God, the peace with, within our hearts and our circumstances. And God, that you would challenge us, that you would, that you would open our eyes to see those um, that, we have, that we have discord with in our lives, people that there is no peace with. God, I pray that you would break our hearts over um, maybe even the... Um, the, the complacency that we have allowed disunity uh, and dissonance to be with people. Maybe it's family members. Maybe there is a friend that we have, uh, have brokenness with that for, for, for so long it's just been there and we have allowed it to, to be that way. God, I pray that right now you would bring that person to our attention and that you would make, uh, that you would cause us to, um, to, to, to have a desire and a willingness to make peace in that circumstance. God, I pray you would just bring it to our attention and that we would be people of peace at work, people at peace on social media, people of peace in our, in our government, uh, in, our, in our families, in our relationships, in our friendships, in every area, God, that we would be people of peace. I just pray for that that you would challenge us to it and that we would change our lifestyle to be peacemakers. Let us plant seeds of peace. God, I thank you for what you have said and what you have spoken over the course of the series. I pray that we would receive the peace that is there for us and that we would remember this long after um, these messages have been over. I thank you for what you're doing and how even on the internet, maybe there are people in other countries who hear these messages. Pray that you would, that you would instill peace in them as well. I thank you for what you're doing. Bless the rest of our time this morning and in this season of unrest in our society. May we be people who lead the way in peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to encountergiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Encounter PGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.